0: You already know the fun of Kings Island. Blue ice cream for lunch, catching your breath between screams on the beast. But this summer at Kings Island, this is 50. Don't miss the 50th anniversary celebration all summer long with new shows, new food, and new fun. It's Kings Island's biggest summer yet. And now through August 14th, Kings Island is turning up the excitement with a daily 50 Years of Fun street party. It features dancers, music, and more commemorating the last 50 years. Make plans today at visitkingsisland.com.
1: And welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and we're still coming to you after 25 years from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Email studio at com, and all social media sites, X-Zone Radio TV, and our radio website, ww.exonradio.com. And people say, Rob, why do you why do you say radio website? Well, that's because we also do an Exxon TV show. And if you'd like to see the first 12 episodes from 2015. With our compliments, go to www.exonetv.com. Exonation, my guest this hour is Tanya Carol Richardson, as she is a self-improvement spiritual author and professional intuitive who is passionate about angels. And as you know, after 25 years, my favorite topic is angels. You know, she talks about beauty and nature. She's been writing about angels and interviewing people about their encounters with angels for over a decade. And is a regular contributor to BeliefNet.com. She is the author of Heaven on Earth, a guided journal for creating your own divine paradise. Angel insights, inspiring messages from and ways to connect with your spiritual guardians. And Forever in My Heart, a grief journal. And her website is www.tanya.com richardson.com. And Tanya, welcome to the Exxon. Great having you with us tonight.
3: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with a fellow angel lover.
1: I've got to ask you this question. Have you seen angels yourself?
3: Yes, I have. And I'm interested to hear your angel encounter, Mm. although I'm sure you've shared it before. Well, I... I... Oh, go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say, well, I will be glad to share it with you, but I want to hear about yours first. You're the guest.
3: Okay. Well, I do receive messages from angels all day long, And your listeners might be familiar with these ways that you get intuitive guidance. Mm -hmm. I get messages through clairaudience. That's where you hear things in your mind. Clairvoyance, you see the images. Claircognizance is where you get a a mental download from heaven, just a a clear knowing, they call it. Mm -hmm. And then clairsentience is the most common of the intuitive clairs, and that's where you get things through feelings. So I, I have all four of those. Um, and I know you had Lorna Byrne on the show and she sees angels very regularly. Yes,
1: she does. She's a great lady.
3: Yes, she really is. I love her. So she sees angels, um, often. Mm -hmm. I have only, I've seen angels. I could count it on one hand, the amount of times I've actually seen them physically manifest before me in physical form. The most striking example of that was when I saw an angel appear before me with wings the white robe, the mm-hmm. gold belts, the whole nine yards. And that was a very intense experience.
1: <laughs> and, and how long ago was that, Tanya?
3: That was about seven years ago. And it, it was a real eye-opener for mm-hmm. me because I had talked to many people about their angelic encounters. And angels can appear to us in many different ways in physical form. They can appear as humans. They'll often appear as humans or strangers that appear in a moment when you really need them, and yes. then they disappear and no one has met this person before, you, they, you know, blah, 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 blah. They can appear as a white mist, they can appear as clouds, they can appear as kind of a translucent form, they can appear as light, very bright light, that happens often, but they also do often appear in what we consider a traditional fo- divine form, which is with the huge feather wings. And I had heard so many people talk about seeing this, and I believed that these people were telling me the truth, but it was also just very hard to wrap your mind around. But its I i was very glad to have had the experience of not only hearing angels all the time and getting messages from them, but actually seeing one in, in that divine form with the wings. I think that was very important for me to see because I work with angels so often when I'm working with my clients in intuitive sessions.
1: Now, my angel did not have wings, but okay. when we come back from this break, I will tell you the story that forever changed my life. I was a very young man. I was five or six years old, but seeing that angel and how that angel affected my life has remained with me over the many years that I have been blessed to be part of this great community that we call humanity. Explanation: my guest for this hour is Tanya Richardson, and we're talking about angels, my favorite topic And if you'd like to find out more about Tanya, visit her website at www.tanyarichardson.com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. And this is a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard Monday through Friday from 11 p.m. until 2 a.m. We're right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network and around the world on our many and growing broadcast affiliates. Tanya and I will be back on the other side of this break. Don't you dare go away.
5: Experience journey trance, power animals, helping spirits, sacred space, and life purpose. Come discover your power. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, in the magical world of shamanism. Call 303-775-3431 or visit findyourpathhome.com.
1: Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you around the world on the Exxon Broadcast Network. This hour, my favorite topic, angels. I've seen an angel. I am a believer. Tanya Richardson is my special guest. And uh, Tanya, before we went to the break, I was going to tell you about my experience. This goes back many, many, many years, my dear. My younger brother was about two years old. I was about five or six. And way back then, Baby food came in cans, and my brother was fed supper by my mom, who went to the local grocery store and bought the baby food and was feeding my brother. My brother got very, very sick, violently sick. They had to rush him to the hospital. They dropped me off at my grandmother's house, which was just down the road. It did not look very good for my brother. But everyone went to my grandmother's house. She was the hub of the family. Right. And while they were there, while we were there, I should say, waiting for the call, mm-hmm. I looked across the kitchen where my aunts and uncles were gathered and, you know, the family was, was gathering and just waiting for that, that, that call that was, was anticipated to come any minute. I looked across and there was this man in a white robe, With a beautiful smile on his face. And something just warm and fuzzy inside me made me feel so good. You know what,
3: Rob? I I got chills all over my body when you said a man in a white robe. mm -hmm. I'm not kidding.
1: And I was smiling because I felt so good. I felt comforted. I felt warmed. I felt love. And my grandmother, God bless her, looked at me and she said, Who are you smiling at? What are you smiling at? And I looked at her, and I pointed to that man, and he wasn't there anymore. The moment I said that, a call came from the hospital that my brother was going to be okay. Nice. Ever since that time, ever since that experience so many years ago, I have believed in angels and have told people that angels are real.
3: Great. I think that's important, Rob. It's a, that's a lovely, beautiful, beautiful story. And it's the kind of thing that, as you said, does stay with you your yes. whole life. People who's, often people who see an angel may see one once in their life if they're mm-hmm. lucky, but it's an experience they never forget. It deepens their faith, and it does make them want to tell other people that angels are real, which yes. is, I think, part of the reason that we have these experiences so we can share them with other people. So I think it's really important to share those experiences Um, And that's a lovely story.
1: So as I told you off air, I am a believer and angels, as anyone who's listened to this show over the past 25 years on air, knows that this is my favorite, my favorite topic of all times, because I know for a fact, angels are real. But tell me about the three different types of angels that you describe in your book and what each can offer humans
3: Right. Well, the three main types of angels I talk about in my new book, Angel Insights, Mm -hmm. are guardian angels, which your listeners are probably already familiar with. What you may not realize is that we all have more than one guardian angel. Guardian angels were assigned to us before we were born, and they work for us exclusively. So, Rob, you have guardian angels that only do Rob's business. They're just there for you, surrounding you, advocating for you, sending you guidance, you exclusively. And you do have more than one of them. We have a lead guardian angel, and that can be a wonderful angel to tap into if you want to have a direct contact with a guardian angel and have a name to speak to. You can tap into your lead guardian angel. Mm-hmm. So, those are very, very special angels because they're with you before you're born. They know everything about you, they're with you constantly. They know all your fears, your desires. They know all of Spirit's plans for you, they know all the obstacles coming, all the opportunities. They're wonderful advocates for you. The next group of angels or another group of angels your listeners are no doubt familiar with, archangels. Mm-hmm. And those angels um, are kind of, you know, sexy in the sense that they're we're told they're so powerful and they have these huge dynamic personalities that represent certain archetypes. And I always just like to tell people, don't be afraid to call on archangels because archangels, unlike guardian angels, can be with many different people at once and they are with millions of people at once if if that that's what's required so archangel michael for example is a very popular archangel and you can call an archangel michael i can mm-hmm. call an archangel michael someone in australia can call an archangel michael all at the same instant and because of the mystery of faith he's a, he's a large enough entity that he can be with all those people at once And he loves to be with all those people at once. We're talking about Archangel Michael specifically here. He is a hardworking archangel. He loves, loves, you know, he's telling me now you could almost call him a workaholic. (laughs) So he loves to be called on. And um, archangels offer very, very potent help and potent medicine. So if you have something that you're really struggling with, um, don't be afraid to call in an archangel because they, they are really powerful angels that can advocate for you. And they love to be called on. And then the third type of angel I talk about in the book are helper angels. And I don't like to play favorites, but I do have a kind of a thing for helper angels because they're just so neat. There's something that most people don't know about. They're freelance angels. Hmm. So they just wander around and they can work for anyone. They're just angels for hire. They're always looking for work. And they actually specialize in anything you can imagine. So if you're trying to buy a house You know, of course, work with a physical realtor, do all the practical earthy things you need to do. But don't be afraid to call in a helper angel who specializes in homes or real estate and helps you try and, you know, send the energy to you to help you draw the the house to you, help Mm -hmm. draw opportunities and people to you. If you are looking for um, your next romantic partner, you can ask for an angel that specializes in that. Anything under the sun you can think about marketing, there are helper angels who specialize in those. And some of the most fun feedback I've gotten from people who have gotten the book are people who say, you know, that helper angel concept sounded so far out to me, (laughs) but I tried it and guess what? It worked. I've gotten so many emails from people who said, I hired a helper angel in this specific area, and I can't, I can't believe it, but it actually worked, and it, it made the difference, and things shifted for me.
1: How would someone hire an angel? I love that concept.
3: Yeah, and it's all you have to do is ask in your thoughts, mm-hmm. in your journal, if you want to do a formal prayer, a uh, meditation, but it can just be as simple as, I had a woman um, who contacted me who was from the UK, but she lives yes. here, And she had gone to this is just a quick example. She'd gone to the DMV um, one day Mm -hmm. and they said, I'm sorry, we want to help process your request for a driver's license. But we only have one computer here that does these overseas licenses. And it's just been acting up all morning. We don't know what's wrong with it. We Mm -hmm. don't know when it's going to come back online. And so she's sitting at the DMV for two hours thinking, oh, gosh, I took the whole day off work for this. I really need this license. I needed it weeks ago. So she, in desperation, thought, "I'm going to try that thing from the book, and I'm going to ask for." (laughs) You know, that's often when we call out to angels or to spirit is in moments of just pure desperation. Exactly. So she called. She just said, "I need a helper angel to help me get this computer back online." Not kidding. Within five minutes, the person came up to the desk and called her name and said, "I don't know what happened, but the computer's working again." I had another woman who was trying to put together furniture in her apartment. And it was some Ikea furniture. And, you know, sometimes that can be hard to put together. Uh (laughs) Right, I have to tell you. Great furniture can be hard to put together. True. So she was putting it together on her own. And she was so frustrated. She couldn't make this work. She read through the instructions a zillion times, looked online, tried one thing or another. Finally, in a moment again of desperation, she said, "I, I need a helper angel to help me with this, to help me figure out how to put this together. And she said it was crazy. She looked at the instructions, they made sense, and they work. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, this gets into a larger topic that mm-hmm. I think the angels are telling me we should talk about in the next segment, which is what happens when you ask for a prayer and it's not answered? You know, because angels are not genies in a bottle, sure. so they can't always just answer your prayer.
1: Let me ask you, Tanya, where do angels originate from? Are they born small? Do they grow like we humans do? Or this has been a question that no one has been able to answer over the years, that yeah. I've kept on answering, asking.
3: Yeah, and you know, the, the way I try and answer these questions, Rob, is I'm sure, I, I know you're a, a student of metaphysics, so am I, so mm-hmm. I draw on what my you know, practical mind has absorbed through all the metaphysical books and teachers I've studied. Right. But I also just ask my own intuition and ask the angels to give me an answer, and um, they've told me that they are born of just a thought. Now, a, a thought made from spirit, something. But they, they definitely exist in another dimension. And they have told me that they are like cousins to humans. So, the, you know, I think that there's some similarity. There's a lot more similarities between angels and humans than we think. Obviously, we're very different. But um, sure. they say we are cousins and um, they, have, they have hearts, they have feelings, they, they hurt just like we do. Um, they have desires and wants just like we do. So um, they're a lot more like us than we think. But why
1: why but, are we so special to angels?
3: Because they just told me because they're, we're like them and oh. they want to see us succeed. It's, they, it, they, we are partners with angels. Mm-hmm. They're showing me them reaching out their hands and holding our hands. They are our guides. They're here to help us through this this earthly journey. We're spirits who've manifested here on earth. And we've manifested here for very important reasons, not only for our own souls to grow, but to try and raise the level of enlightenment in this dimension to a whole nother level. The angels are our partners in this. They just told me behind the scenes. There are, we're in the front lines, they're behind the scenes partnering with us to facilitate or to, uh, so we can achieve all those objectives.
1: Do you think that we give angels enough credit throughout the rest throughout the year? I know at Christmas time everybody talks about angels. Christmas time is filled with angelic hope, angelic feelings. No, if we could just bottle the Christmas spirit and send (laughs) it worldwide, you know, I, I think that in one flash or one snap of the fingers, the world would be a totally great place to live. But you know, through the rest of the year except for Valentine's Day people very rarely talk about angels how do they feel about that
3: they just told me that their feelings aren't hurt by it the reason that they wish that angels the reason that angels wish that we were talking about them more mm-hmm. that we were more aware of them most importantly that we were talking to them more and asking for their guidance more is because they want to be a bigger part of our lives they want to help us navigate our human journey in the most successful smooth, peaceful way possible. And they want us to help, help achieve those objectives that our souls have come here to achieve. So they just told me they are frustrated. It's more of a feeling of frustration, like someone knocking on the door constantly and no one's answering. Angels are always sending us guidance. They're always wanting us to, to reach out and Mm -hmm. try and make contact with them. And lots of times, as you said, people don't really give too much of a thought about angels, even if they are people of faith and they're believers.
1: Tanya, you and I have to take a short break. Please stand by. Exxon Nation, Tanya Richardson is our very special guest this hour, www.tanyarichardson.com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell coming to you around the world from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. I'd also like to take this time to thank our good friends at Llewellyn for helping make this interview possible. Visit their website at www.lewellyn.com. Dare to believe, dare to be heard, Monday through Friday from 11 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here with yours truly, Rob McConnell in the X-Zone. Don't go away. Nation. over the years, we've been friends. We've talked about ghosts. We've talked about hauntings. We've talked about UFOs, extraterrestrials, unsolved mysteries, conspiracy theories, cover-ups, angels, and much more. But when it comes to angels, so many people around the world have stories to tell and share about their angelic encounter. And I believe, Tanya, that there are more people out in the world who have had these experiences that for one reason or other, they don't want to share their stories, their experience that they have had with angels. A lot of these experiences, I would say the majority are, are very good stories. But what happens, Tanya, if somebody asks an angel for something and the angels just can't do it?
3: Yeah, that's an important question. And also when you were saying that so many angel stories go untold, I Mm -hmm. have the feeling that you're correct. And I think some of those are because they're so difficult to understand or explain. So it's a little scary. You, You don't quite know how to process it logically, so it's hard to share that. Also, I think many times angels come to us in human form. So I think people have interactions with angels in human form and just have no clue that Mm -hmm. they were actually interacting with an angel. So I think a lot of stories get hidden that way. Um, As far as how angels can't answer our prayers, that's a really important question because I think it's something that takes people away from faith. If if angels are real, Mm -hmm. the question is then why are things like Sandy Hook quote-unquote allowed to happen? Why, you know, your your brother, thank God, lived that day, but what about someone else's brother who got the call that he had died in the hospital? Exactly. Was, there, was there an angel in their kitchen? Mm-hmm. So the problem with life is that, uh, first of all, uh, with something that I've been exploring lately is that God is not a black or white concept. God is not either this being in the sky who can see and control everything, or God is not something that doesn't exist at all in the atheist model. Mm -hmm. I think God is really right in the middle. Um, So, And also, earthly existence was not meant to be a paradise like heaven where nothing bad ever happens, sadly. That's not what you signed up for when you came um, to earth school. Someone, uh, A teacher named Robert Ohato always calls it earth school. So sometimes bad things happen because it's something that our soul needs to learn. Sometimes bad things happen because we need to have that experience so that we can teach something to others or we can help the level of enlightenment enlightenment grow on this dimension. And there's also something very powerful called free will. Humans are incredibly powerful spiritual beings. And people who I do intuitive readings with, of course, always come to the reading thinking, well, I need answers from these archangels and angels and ascended masters like Jesus and Buddha because they are such powerful spiritual beings. And of course they are, and they do show up in intuitive readings to give answers. But I'm always guided to tell people, you as a human are an incredibly powerful spiritual being, and you have been given free will by spirit on this earth to do what, whatever your soul feels is needed to do in the moment. Now, angels, in a a case like Sandy Hook, I think that um, there were many things at play there. Angels often try and warn us. This is something that Lorna Byrne talks about. When something bad is going to happen, they will try and talk someone out of doing something bad. They will try and uh, get their family members and friends and people in the community to realize that this person is on track to do something really terrible. And when when a tragedy does happen, I always like to let people know that angels are actually right there. Sometimes their wings are tied, and it's not that they don't want to act or they don't want to do something. It's just that they are acting in concert with us, and while part of their, their uh, partnership with us on Earth involves our free will. Mm-hmm. They are simply not always allowed, because of the rules of this dimension, to just jump in and create a miracle and... And stop the bad things from happening, and sometimes it doesn't um, behoove the enlightenment of this dimension for the bad thing not to happen
1: If you say that God is a concept,
3: well, I didn't say that.
1: all right, what did you say?
3: <laughs> well, I mean I don't I think God is very, very real mm-hmm. to me <clears throat> to me, God is both again, it's not black and white. to me, God is both right. something outside of us that is an entity that's very much real and separate from us. And also, God is something that is a part of each of us. Both of those things are true for me. So that's what God is to me.
1: I'm sorry. I I understood that you said God as a concept, so I apologize.
3: Oh, no, no. I meant when people, you know, I feel like there's so much black and white Mm -hmm. thinking with God. And, you know, I think people's concepts of God, when they think of what God is, I think there's kind of one group of people who think, oh, it's this, you know, it's this person Mm -hmm. who can see everything, control everything, and that's one side of the spectrum. And then on the complete extreme opposite is the atheist who says, well, God isn't real at all. And I'm just encouraging people to try and come somewhere in the middle of that and find their own answers somewhere in the middle.
1: Totally understand and totally makes sense. Let me ask you, when you have somebody who comes to you for an intuitive reading, how do you communicate with spirit or angels In order to get these people the messages or the answers to the questions that they seek.
3: It's really neat. I start getting, when someone books a session with me, I start Mm -hmm. getting messages about them right away. And I write those down on a little piece of paper. And then right before the session, I will meditate for about 20 minutes and get some concentrated messages that I can give them. And the first part of the session is just me giving them those messages that I have received clairaudiently where I hear voices, clairvoyantly where I get images, or claircognizance where I get the strong knowing. Also what happens in that meditation is I get a sense of the person's spiritual guidance team. Usually their lead guardian angel will give me their name and Mm -hmm. tell me a little bit their personality. Sometimes there will be archangels who either are already working with them or want to advocate for them. Helper angels might show up, um, that kind of thing. So so that's something I tell them. And then once I tell them about their spiritual guidance quad and what I was told right in the beginning, then we just jump in asking questions. And, you know, it's amazing, Rob. I've never had a problem tuning into someone. I mean, the answers and the questions just flow. And it is so, so fun.
1: ExoNation, my guest this hour is Tanya Richardson. Her website is www.tanyarichardson.com. Tanya, how can people call on Ascended Masters and Archangels for help?
3: Yeah, and that's that's just as I think that the main thing that the ascended masters and the archangels want to tell me is don't be intimidated, mm-hmm. and it's not it's not unusual for an, an ascended master like Jesus or Buddha or Mary to come to me and say I'm already working with your client or I want your client to call on me, and sometimes the clients are like Jesus wants me to call on them Abs- on him absolutely um, because these these archangels and ascended masters, I'm glad you grouped them together because they're similar in the sense that they can be with everyone at once. And they really, really, that's part of their job. They actually want to do their job. <laughs> they're telling me now it's, you know, sometimes people have a job that they hate. They love their job. They show up wanting to do their job every day. They love it. So they're actually wanting more people to call on them. So wow. the, the main thing with them with don't ever be intimidated to pray to jesus or mary or buddha or call on archangel michael or gabriel they're they're really excited when you bring them in
1: a lot of people hear spirit guide and then they hear angels are these the same and if not what's the difference
3: that's such a good question rob i'm glad you brought it up and and part of that question i think is also is my dead relative now an angel yes and that's a question that, you know, I would never pretend to have all the answers. Dorian Virtue, who I, I love and admire, talks about how possibly people have been angels yeah. before and now they're human. And I'm open to all of that. But what I tell my clients is easiest to think of is that angels um, and and people are different, basically. They really are. <clears throat> and um, so a spirit guide is someone who was a human, who passed away, went to heaven, and has now decided to be... A guide to the person on earth now lots of times dead relatives will take on this role you might have had a special relationship with your grandmother and she's decided to be a spirit guide for you from heaven meaning she watches out for you a lot she sends you guidance she's working in concert with your angels right so that's what a spirit guide is but spirit guides can also be um anyone that you call upon if you're a performing artist and you have uh, you know, a, a famous concert pianist who went before you that you want to call and ask them to be your spirit guide, they very well might agree to do that. And then they can advocate for you from the spirit world with their unique, uh, drawing upon their unique life circumstances that mirror your mm-hmm. own. So spirit guides just means anyone who was on earth, who passed away, is now in heaven, and wants to advocate for you from the other side. And that can be a dead relative. And I think when people say, is my dead relative my angel, I think they really, what they really mean is, I feel like my dead relative is watching out for me and sending me guidance from heaven. And that's absolutely true. Are they an angel? No, really, angels are usually something different. They're a whole different entity.
1: There are so many religious philosophies in the world. Are there angels in all these religious philosophies? Uh, Are angels non-denominational?
3: Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. Angels are 100% non-denominational. Absolutely. That's something that Lorna Byrne talks about a lot, and I I agree with her 100%. Even ascended masters like Jesus and Buddha are really non-denominational. It's funny. I was working on uh, my next angel book, which will come out sometime in the next few years. But I was writing about um, how Jesus and Buddha, you know, they gave me an image of them with their arms around each other like buddies. You know how two guys will put their arms around each other, you know, on a football field. They, they are non-denominational as well. Jesus and Buddha both were ascended masters who have a lot to teach. Very different lessons they teach, but both important lessons. And they are friends up there in heaven working together. So angels, ascended masters, they're all non-denominational. So you um, occasionally i will have a client who says, you know, oh, I grew up Jewish, but mm-hmm. I felt lately that I wanted to call on Jesus. That's completely fine, and vice versa um so yes they're all non-denominational
1: what do angels do when we let them down
3: (laughs) what do you mean when we let them down
1: well you know i'm sure that they watch us throughout the day and throughout the night and you know there are things that we do that they just kind of shake their heads at and say oh no 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 you know you you know it's 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 (laughs) human to err so how do they how do they cope with that
3: Well, you know, the image that they showed me when you first asked that question is that their their immediate reaction is to go over and comfort you. So angels don't deal in judgment. They don't deal in any of that, in shame. They don't deal in any of that. And really, they're always advocating for you. They're like that that archetypal maternal mother who always has your back. That's what an angel's energy is like. So when you disappoint them, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, they just said you can't disappoint us. They know we're always trying our best is what they just said. But when you disappoint yourself and you feel like you didn't live up to your potential in a situation or you made a poor choice, really their immediate instinct is to go over and comfort you because you're beating yourself up plenty. Nobody else (laughs) needs to do that for you. And angels aren't in the business of beating you up. They're in the business of lifting you up and helping you to do your best, and to really, they just said, love yourself and learn to love yourself through anything. Because let me tell you, being a human is not easy. And angels oh. know that, that. Being a human on planet Earth is not an easy gig for anybody.
1: Isn't that the truth? So thank God for angels. Right. Tanya, stand by, dear. You and I have to take our final break. Exo Tanya Richardson is my special guest this hour, www.tanyarichardson.com. Tanya and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Join us on Facebook. Join the X-Zone Facebook group at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash X-Zone Radio TV. Tanya and I return after this break. Don't go away. You know, angels are more than a topic here on the X-Zone. Angels to me are real. And you can talk to any child, any child around the world, and they'll talk to you about angels. Some call them special friends. Some call them invisible friends. The majority of the children call angels angels. So why is it that adults have a hard time in telling the truth? it doesn't make you sound like a sissy. It doesn't make you sound any less than the macho person you want to be. What it shows is that you have a heart and that you have the ability to understand that there's more to this great world and life of ours than a lot of people would like us to believe there is. Christmas time is a time for angels. You think? Well, sure. But the Angels are around 724-365. Tanya Richardson is my special guest. Her website is tanyarichardson.com. And let me ask you a question, Tanya. Do, you, do the Angels have a message for me?
3: <laughs> they just told me, it didn't, first of all, I want to say well said what you just said about Angels. That was really beautiful and very insightful. They just said keep doing what you're doing. They said you know what your mission is and you're on it and you need to stay on it. Does that make sense to you?
1: It certainly it, does. And it, my, the angels can be assured that I intend on doing what I'm doing for a long say, time. Yeah, they
3: say you have a lot more to do and and you need to stay on mission and um and it's just it's just it's like a I see a highway that's just a straight shot. You know when you get on the highway and mm-hmm. there's no cars in front of you and it's a straight highway, big lots of lanes. That's yep. what your future is for you with your mission.
1: Oh, thank you, dear. And thank the angels for me very much.
3: <laughs> they're, they're thanking you for doing their uh, work.
1: I am just a messenger. <laughs> um, I was wondering if you could explain to us, Tanya, the spectrum of intuition and where most people fall on it.
3: Yeah, it's very interesting. I, I To help clients understand intuition, I came up with this intuitive spectrum. And perhaps other people have spoken about this or talked about this. But It's a spectrum of intuition, and we all fall somewhere on it naturally. Some people, uh, many people fall somewhere in the middle, especially Mm -hmm. clients who come to me. They're usually people who are a little bit more intuitive, a little bit more sensitive, perhaps. So those people usually fall somewhere in the middle. I like to describe the intuitive spectrum the way the angels showed me, Mm -hmm. is that on one extreme, you've got the people who are incredibly intuitive. They're hearing voices. They're seeing angels. This might have been happening since they were a child. And the way the angels showed me those people is that it's a clear window. You know when you have a window, it's a clear pane. There's no curtain. There's no blinds. You can see right through. So they're able to see right through to the world, world of spirit very clearly. There's a clear piece of glass covering because there is a distinction between heaven and earth. But they can see heaven very clearly. Towards the middle of the spectrum, you get people who... Have you ever had one of those shower doors where it's the kind of glass that's kind of frosted? You can't really see yes. through it. Yep. You can kind of make out someone's there, but you don't know who it is. You can mm-hmm. just kind of see a skin tone and yep. you know someone's in the shower. Those are people in the middle. So they might get a lot of clairsentient stuff where they get gut instincts and feelings. They really believe in the world of spirit. It resonates with them. But perhaps they don't hear the voices or get the images all the time. But they, they know something's there and they do get signs and they do get feelings. Then, this is really cute, the way the angel showed me the people on the, on the end spectrum. Those are the people who are just really not very naturally intuitive. There's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean they're not uh, God's children. It doesn't mean that they're not intelligent. It's just the way they're wired. And they showed me that those people have a blackout scream. And you know when you get a curtain that's a blackout curtain mm-hmm. so it yep. doesn't let in any light? So those people, that's how their window to spirit looks. It has a blackout curtain over it. Now, the important thing to know is that no matter where you fall on that intuitive spectrum, you can dramatically and significantly increase your own intuition just by practice and study. And I mean dramatically. So it's really fun to kind of see where you fall on that naturally or where you fall right now. And then after you work with your intuition and you read up about it to see how much farther down the spectrum you can get. Mm
1: -hmm. Let me ask you something here. Angels take care of us. But what happens when our free will interferes with the path that we're on? Let's say instead of turning right, we were supposed to turn left. By turning left, life goes on. By turning right... Something horrific happens to us. Will the angels intervene at that time, or must free will be observed?
3: Free will is respected, but only to a degree. So if it takes you off your life path, they will continue to put up roadblocks. Also, if you have made decisions that have consistently taken you off your Mm -hmm. life path, the path will keep trying to find you. And I get chills when I say that. So if, if if you continually are zigzagging and taking wrong turns... That path is organic, so it will, keep, it will keep forming in new ways underneath your feet with new choices all the time. So that path will always try and find you, if that makes sense.
1: It does. It does. Now, these are very unsettling times, as you and I discussed off-air. How do the angels deal with these very trying and troubling times?
3: Well, the way that the angels deal with these times, first of all, they're they're really upset by everything that's happening globally. Um, they're as upset as we are but they want us to know that there's a lot of hope in what's happening right now there's a lot of hope in these situations so even though we're seeing a lot of unrest globally we're seeing a lot of regime changes Mm -hmm. we're seeing a lot of people cry out for revolution, cry out for for better conditions, for more equality some of this is, is a disruption that's necessary it's organic and it's meant to happen and we just have to kind of hold on tight and hold on to our faith and, and ride out the storm, is what they're telling me. So so they're watching, too. They're watching with concern. They're doing everything they can. But the main message the angels want me to tell people is this isn't the end of the world. <laughs> Even though at times you might look on the TV, and I think people felt this way in World War II, mm-hmm. where they really thought, oh, my gosh, is this the end? Is, yeah. is this the end of the world? And the angels are telling me that, no, it definitely isn't. Everything's going to be okay. This is just a season. It's something that we've just got to ride out.
1: Here's a hypothetical situation, and and I'm just posing this to you because I have my own idea of what would happen. Let us say that the world gets to a point where somebody pushes the nuclear button. Someone in retaliation hits their nuclear button. Would, at this time, the angels, or the powers-to-be, use divine intervention to quell the situation?
3: Yes, Rob, and I I think the angels are are reinforcing to me right now Mm -hmm. to tell you that the, the end of the world is not coming. As far as a nuclear disaster happening, they are just telling me it would not be catastrophic. The end of the world is not in sight, it's not anything that's in spirit's plan or in, in the angel's plan. And they're actually showing me that this is there are some things that are faded that are hard and fast, they're firm. And so, a nuclear explosion, where we see, you know, all those TV movies in the 80s where there was just this apocalyptic yeah, thing, yeah. and you, you know, the Cormac McCarthy novels that's not in the cards. That's something that humans are afraid of, and that's why we have these. Um, these movies and these novels coming up. But the angels just said those are playing on our fears and that's really not slated or faded at all.
1: What are your final thoughts for the XO nation tonight, Tanya, when it comes to angels and how angels can play an important part in each and every person's life?
3: Well, my final thoughts are the angels want us to call on them. So really the angels want you to know that they're always around. They're always advocating for you And really, they want you, they're telling me right now, to use your free will to call on them more often. That is the big message that the angels want to give you. We're out there, we're with you, we're advocating for you. Please use your free will to ask us to intervene and to send you guidance more often.
1: Where can your book, Heaven on Earth, a guided uh, journal for creating your own divine paradise be found?
3: That book, as well as the, the new book I'm kind of promoting, um, especially to angel lovers, is called Angel Insights. Mm-hmm. And Heaven on Earth and Angel Insights and my new grief journal, Forever in Your Heart, can all be found on Amazon. And if you go to my website, tinyrichardson.com, I do have links to all of those. And you can also get the Angel Insights book on the Llewellyn site if you're a big Llewellyn fan and you like to buy direct from
1: them. How do you deal with skepticism? because you're a believer I'm a believer. When somebody talks to you and they say oh come on angels aren't real how do you deal with that?
3: You know I actually love skeptics and I've been on radio shows with the ho- with hosts that were very skeptical. Mm-hmm. And I think it it in I think being on being on the air with someone who's a believer is a special connection but also being on the air with a skeptic is important because I think it can enlarge the conversation and they ask the tough questions that challenge people's faith that need to be addressed. And I feel if I'm able to address that question in a way that resonates with the skeptic, then I I might be able to change their mind.
1: Well, you're amongst friends here. You're amongst believers. But, Tanya, I want to thank you ever so much for joining us tonight. It's been a great pleasure talking to you. And I wish you continued success. And thank you so much for sharing with us tonight here on the Exxon.
3: Oh, thank you for for, uh, having me. And angel blessings to everyone out there who's listening to this.
1: Good night, Tanya. Good night, Exxon Nation. Tanya Richardson has been my guest this hour. www.tanyarichardson.com. Now I'll be back on the other side of this break with the news at the top of the hour as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget you can always send an email to studio at exoneradio.tv.com or to exone at exoneradio.tv.com on all social media sites, Exxon TV and our radio website you can find out what we've done in the past, what we're doing today, and what we hope to be doing tomorrow at www.exxonradio.com. The Exone, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. I am your host, Rob McConnell. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Whatever you do, don't go away.